Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we hear from Justin Rose, discuss Bern Wiesberger's Italian win and Ryder Cup chances and answer your questions from social media. Hi guys, Justin Rose here and welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and I'm joined by Elliot Heath. How are we doing? Hello Tom, very good. The sun is finally shining after a torrid couple of weeks of rain. Yes, it's been a bit wet over the weekend. You, I take it you didn't play golf? No, I was going to play on Saturday, but instead I watched a bit of golf and I also did some diviting. Really? Where? At your, at your golf club? No, at a new golf club I may be joining as an artisan member. Which is? Swindley Forest. Yeah, is this what we you spoke about before? Yeah, possibly. So, wow, you actually left the house and actually did something. Yeah. So I got there at 7.45, did two hours, walked the whole course with a group of 15 to 20, took a bucket, some gloves, and just filled in all the divots, yeah. And Brilliant. what a golf course. I played it already this year, but I've forgotten how good it is. Cool. So you, what, they kind of test test you out first is this what they do or um, you just they just come and show you what what they do or sort of i'm on the waiting list so yeah you have to do three divots a year and that was my first oh whilst you're on the waiting list yeah oh and you get cool. to play a few times and even represent. even though you're just on the waiting yeah. on the waiting list oh, that's good isn't it yeah so you find out actually kind of what you're doing and gets you in before you're maybe remember wow yeah great just oh it's such a good course like the green complexes really struck me um yeah the the greens are amazing just little slopes everywhere um you need to be tactical hitting into them and then the fairways how does what's the uh final few holes like your choke holes what are they like um 15 is an uphill par five so that's good 16 is a tough par four where you need to hit it straight off the tee which i tend not to 17, difficult par 3, and then 18, tough par 4, dogleg left uphill to the beautiful clubhouse. <laughs> okay, okay. Harry okay. Colt designed the course, and he said it was his least bad course. Good, that's a good quote, isn't it? Yeah. And um, were they a nice bunch of guys that you... Uh... Yeah, very good, very accommodating. Uh, made a couple of acquaintances already, so... Good. Yeah. Good. Did you drop in uh, that, oh, I work for a golf magazine? No. Oh, didn't you? No. Oh, that's what the first thing I would have said, but never mind. Uh, how was your weekend? Uh, pretty full on, to be honest with you. Ended with a uh, with the half marathon, which I did very slowly, but managed to get it done. So uh, in um, quite a damp, wet London. Um, yeah, it was very wet. Um, did you break two hours like that fella did the entire marathon in no, under two hours? Uh, no, no, I did not, Leah, uh, as you well know. Um, I won't reveal the time. You, I don't care whether you want to reveal my three-hour time or not. I don't care. After that Costco pizza and double chicken sandwich on the podcast last week, I wasn't really hopeful for you breaking the two-hour mark, well, to be honest. I, never, I, was never, I was never trying to break the two-hour mark, thank you very much. But, uh, uh, you know, it was good. Raised, uh, me, me and the guys raised over 1,600 quid for our charity, for giving free cricket to disabled cricketers. So uh, Brilliant. Yeah, I will yeah. donate to that today. Oh, will you? I've yeah. now been paid. So. Oh, I look forward to that. Oh, that's going to go up another... We'll double that now, are you, Elliot? Um, so, yeah, no, it was good. It was a good day and, um, yeah, it's... Uh, nice, crossed the finishing line with my son, so yeah, carried him over there. He wanted to get involved. He then got given the medal at the end, and uh, he now thinks that's his medal, so I'm never going to say that. So, no, it's good, good, good weekend, if not slightly tiring. And uh, yeah, apologies for last last week. I said last week, check out, as I always do, check out the, uh, the betting tips on our website. And I was actually quite ill after the podcast, not because of the podcast, or the pizza, or the chicken burger, I don't think. Um, but yeah, so apologies, uh, no betting tips last week, but um, they're, they're, be, they're done already, pretty much, uh, this week, so, uh, yeah. And I, I've even had a hand in that, haven't I? Mm, I don't know you? if you took my tips. Exactly, you don't know, do you? No. You've given me some tips, which we'll come on to. Um, one of them I have, actually. Had, nice. So. Um, but yeah, let's look back over uh, what happened over the weekend, and whilst it was very wet and uh, pretty miserable uh, in the UK, in Italy, it was gorgeous and very sunny and uh, the sun certainly shone on Bernd Wiesberger who um, 
won his third title of 2019. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, not literally, that would be horrendous. Um, he won the Maiden Denmark and also the Scottish Open, and now he's won the Italian Open. He shot a bogey 365 to beat Matt Fitzpatrick, who double bogeyed the par 5 ninth and slipped back a bit. Um, Wiesberg's now top of the race to buy it and up to a career high of 22nd in the world and playing pretty much as you know the best golf he ever, he ever has played. Um, we kind of touched on him having a chance of getting into the European Ryder Cup team when we spoke about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but now he's got a really big chance, hasn't he? Yeah, very good chance. These Relic Series events do help. Uh, his first one wasn't counting towards the points. But, yeah. but we're not, yeah, well, do you, well, this one obviously does, and it's a, the, one of the biggest events of the yeah. year now on the European Tour. Huge prize pool, loads of world ranking points, loads of... Um, loads of cash, obviously, lots, of, loads of race to the buy points. So um, he's he's going to he's in pole pole position, isn't he? At yeah, the moment, he's we, actually top of the ranking. If I'm when I looked at it earlier, we did a poll on Instagram, and seventy percent said that he will make the team. Uh, he was so he was outside the world's top three hundred earlier this year after taking time out with a wrist injury. So he's had a bit of a stop-start career. He's always shown great potential. But next year could potentially be the biggest year of his career if he, I don't know, goes well in a major, wins a couple more Rolex Series events and qualifies. A couple more Rolex Series events. I mean, if he wins a couple more Rolex I mean, he, he'll he be there by miles, won't he? He yeah. doesn't have to even do that. Even if he just wins, if he wins again, he could be in. Probably, yeah. Uh, uh, on the back. I mean, Wiesberger, when they played in France, when was that? Last year. Um he originally, I think Thomas Bill had him, he thought that he, Wiesberger was going to be in the team and then he lost form and had this injury problem and, and dropped away. I, the reason I say that is because he played in the, what on earth was it called? The U, U versus Eurasia. The Eurasia Cup, yeah. And Wiesberger was one of his main guys in that. Um, so, yeah, I think Bjorn thought, you know, Wiesberger's going to be really close and then actually just, he just fell away, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, that's he's got to have a big chance. Obviously, he's a brilliant player, but he's not someone that I've ever really like properly rated as one of Europe's best players. Maybe that is because of his injuries and what whatnot. But I think he's twenty nine now. He's got a great deal of experience. Yeah, I think. Well, Wiesberg is a good player. Let's face. Let's face it. He's, yeah. he's won. Uh, how many? He's won seven European tour seven titles European. Now. I mean, that's a lot of European tour titles. There's not many people have done that. If you actually look at but it. But can he go well in a major? Can he take that next step up? That's what I want to see. Yeah, but you don't have to... Yeah, but if we're talking about Ryder... I mean, yeah, majors are majors, aren't they? Because you have to... You have to get a bit of luck and then there's an awful lot of pressure. But we're talking about Ryder Cup here. You know, it's... He, if he's in the Ryder Cup team, I think what he'll bring as a positive to the team is that I think he's a solid golfer and could go with any pairing. I don't think there's anyone that you think, oh, well, we can't put him with that person or whatever. I think he'd just be someone, you know, I think he'd just be a solid, whether it's four ball, foursomes. I think he'll he'll, he'll give a good account of himself. And um, in singles, it, it'll be a match for anybody, I think, because of the way the match play works. So, um, yeah, I don't really know how... The, how are we going to fit him in the team is the big question, isn't it? I know. I don't really know how the rankings are going to work because they're still so long left and obviously... At May time, it goes to 1.5 times the points. Yeah. So he could easily got, get overtaken by... Oh, ab- abso- absolutely. Fall off the cliff absolutely. I bit. mean, that's the way that they... They didn't want to make sure... They didn't want everybody who does well now to be in, and then it'd be a waste of time, wouldn't it? Um, but then on the other hand... But this I, is... you. But you... Yeah, but you look... Would you rather have won a tournament now or not? You know, you'd rather win a tournament now, and then it's a great foundation to have a, a really fantastic... Um, you know, charge at getting into the team uh, in 2020. Um, I mean, look at the team that we that we chatted about the other day. We came up with McElroy, Rose, Ram, Molinari, Casey, Fleetwood. I can't see him getting in ahead of any of those guys. I think all those guys will get in. And then the other guys, which are probably going to have to do maybe a bit more work, Hovland, Wallace, Willett, Stenson, Lowry and Garcia. So um, Poulter's not even on there. Poulter's not on there. Hatton's not on there. Um, Fitzpatrick's not on there. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. Who, who obviously played very well. Um, 
and four runners up this season now. Yeah, he's playing decent. He just can't seem to get that win. But um, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be some names to miss out. There's going to be some shocks. So uh, no, a good a good week for him. And there was another good week uh, for someone who not many of you will know who this is Lanto Griffin yes Lanto that is a first name uh, won his maiden PGA Tour title he held a 30 foot on the 16th for birdie and part the final two to win by one Griffin whose father died of a brain tumour when he was just 12 almost gave up the game in 2017 um, but he won on the Corn Ferry Tour later that year then lost his PGA Tour card in 2018 he won it back this year after winning on the Corn Ferry Tour again and he's now up to career-high 108th in the world. And we were looking at his rankings. Over the last five, six events, he's had pretty much six top 20s, hasn't he? Uh, and been playing really well. And I was a bit annoyed. This is where I wasn't annoyed that he won, because I could never be annoyed for someone winning. But I tipped him the week before again, and I probably would have... Well, I can't say that, but... I I've, think you I reckon would've. I would have maybe tipped him for this week, so it's slightly annoying that I was ill. But, um, no, great performance by the guy. 31-year-old, suddenly won his first PJ Tour event. Yeah, lovely story. You could see the emotion when that winning putt went in. Because it was a tough putt. It was a must have been six foot on what is a very difficult hole at Houston Golf Club. Uh, and so, well, yeah. one that's had, you know, been seen some drama in the past as well, hasn't it? So Yeah, where Bo Hostler had a mare last year to hand it to Ian Poulter. Well, Poulter had already also birded if remember the 72nd hole there. That was, yeah. that was actually... Was that last year? It was two years ago. No, that was last year. Last it wasn't year? on the schedule. That's right. Yes. In the season just gone. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, it gets a bit confusing, doesn't it? But um, no, great performance by the guy. And it showed that these guys, you think, look, think 31, 31 in golf, you can start your career. You can really can. And he can now, I mean, he gets into the Masters, doesn't he? I think he gets into three of the majors next year with that. I think he gets in the US Open PGA and Masters as well. Oh, I mean, it's just changed his life completely around. You know, he's got to make a couple of cuts now and, uh, you know, he, he's going to be there. So. so, yeah, in 2014, I think he had something like $147 in his bank account. And then three years later, he was ready to give up the game. Saw a sports psychologist, won on the Corn Ferry, then obviously came back down to the Corn Ferry after reaching the PGA Tour. At the weekend, he won $1.3 million. Like you said there, he's got all the exemptions in the world that he needs. So that's just how golf can change your life. Yeah, and it's it? good. To, you know, we were talking about the guys who um, um, who were struggling for t- at tour school and people saying, well, who was that we're talking Stephen Wheatcroft, was it? Yeah, now yeah. retired. Now retired, yeah. He said he was struggling so much, couldn't make ends meet, even though he'd, you know, he'd won a couple of hundred grand. But actually, when you're playing on a professional golf tour and having to travel around every week, um, you, you know, you don't make actually that much money. So... It's great that some of these guys who you kind of think are they just journeyman golfers. So one one of them who's been around for a little while suddenly wins. You go, brilliant, great effort. Now is he going to go and have a fantastic career? Now is he going to, you know, is his thirties going to be something where he wins multiple occasions? Could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, of course. He played pretty solid golf, didn't he? Looked like a decent golfer. Yeah, you think obviously. They're, they're, I know, but there's sometimes you look at some golfers and they've got obvious weaknesses. Mm. He didn't look like he had any obvious weaknesses, did he? No, exactly. He's just playing. For, I know he's obviously playing in particularly good form, and it's obviously a great week for him. So uh, yeah. finished it off well as well. That's a really tough stretch that he played the last three yeah. and one under. Yeah. So yeah, I take it, it every time. <laughs> Uh, someone else who's pretty good at golf and very very solid and is at right at the top of the uh, game uh, we're going to hear from now and that's Justin Rose so we caught up with him recently and he spoke to us about the clubs in his bag and also uh, the reason why he switched to Homer recently obviously you've got a Homer driver in the bag um, Tour World 747 I have it set up I, I, I you know, I have it slightly on the, you know, slightly upright and slightly open side. Right. Obviously, the more upright you make a driver, the more the tendency is for it to go left. Um, so I've got it, but I, don't, I hate to see a flat driver. For me, a flat driver that makes me feel like I'm going to hit it right, I'll snap hook all day long. I'm not going to just allow the club to do what I feel like it's going to do. I'm going to manipulate it one way or another. So a flat driver, I can't stand. So with this, what I love about these is you can have your shaft pured. 
Um, I think it's the only driver on the market that does that. So you, the shaft is in and then the head spins on the shaft. You're not spinning the shaft. So if you, you know, if you use a round grip, it's fine, but some people don't use round grip. So, um, you know, for me, I, I don't like the graphic on the grip to be always sideways or what have you. So that's the great thing about the way these are designed is that the head works around the shaft rather than the shaft working around the head like most other clubs. Uh, it's incredibly fast, picked up quite a few mile an hour ball speed with it. And I just think it's got such a clean, classic look. Uh, it doesn't really tell a story, but there's a lot of carbon fiber in here. And um, this is a little bit of a special issue here. I got them to put the mole um, up on here. You know, obviously I just think, you know, the driver I used previously always had the bug there. And um, I thought I would just try it. Um, I'm still 50-50 on whether I love it or prefer it clean. So uh, watch this space. Yeah, so fairy woods, um, for the time being, I stuck with the tailor-made. I just got M6s, M6, three wood and five wood there. And then I will switch out the five wood and my three iron, depending on the golf course. Generally, you know, Lynx golf, I try to put the long irons in and the five wood comes out. Um, and then I have a couple of variations, not right here, but I have a couple of variations of four irons. You know, I have the Vs here, this, the Tour World 747 Vs. So this is the three iron. Yeah. I have a version of this in the four iron. And then I have like the TW Utility four iron too, which um, really launches it high and soft, depending on if it's a golf course with a lot of par fives or some long par threes, I have an option there too. But you know, the conditions I'm gonna play in in the next few weeks, I feel like it's gonna be more important to flight the ball and I have a lot more control with my, with my blades. And yeah, these are you know, the, the Tour World Rose Proto, which you know, I've had a lot of fun tinkering and tailoring the exact look to it. You know? And um, you know, for me, a blade is a club that one, in my opinion, needs to look good, and two, needs to feel good. You know, yes, they perform really well, and when, I, when I'm testing them, I just, all I need to know is that the spin rates are correct. Um, and you know, they've been a very, very, very easy switch for me, but it's been fun to get them looking and, and feeling just right. Well, immediately I felt like you know, the quality of the steel was what made a difference, what stood out to me, the sound of the, you know, sound is feel, essentially. So you know, just how they felt very buttery through the ball, and, but, but still very solid. Um, I don't know if it's the quality of the steel, but I saw one or two mile an hour ball speed, even with, even with the irons, which, you know, with the blade, I don't know why, but maybe it's the, you know, the, the nice big muscle back that there is there too, so that, you know, they're relatively easy to hit, even for a blade. Um, but for me, it's, it's about the tweaking of the aesthetic that I think is one of the most important things with the blade. And, you know, you've got to get the offset just right, you'll get the bounce just right. But one thing I'm really big on, and I think it's because of how I release the club, I like to see a high toe, a pinched toe. It gives me the feeling of the club is upright, but it, obviously you, you don't want, you, you know, you want your lie angles to be correct. So that the fact that it feels upright, and you know, that's why I like the toe, it gives me the feeling I can be very passive through the ball with my hands. So whenever I look at a golf club, it's telling me a story of how I want to swing it. So it's very personal. Like I was telling you about the flat driver makes me feel like I'm gonna hit it right. Uh, you know, a, an upright looking iron makes me feel like I can be passive with my hands. And when I'm playing my best golf, I would say I hit my irons a little shorter because my hands are passive through the ball. When I'm not playing well, I'm a little more chasey with it and I actually hit them too far. Okay. So you know, th that's, that's what I feel as a player. Uh, shaft, I've been in this shaft for a long time, uh, KBS Tour. Um, right now I've got the C-Taper 130Xs. Um, I've been using the, the 125S Pluses as well. So kind of this year I've just switched into these towards the back end of the year. Um, for some reason, in the summer, I just started hitting the ball a little further and, you know, picked up a bit of speed. Um, don't know why, but I just, I felt like the 130s were just, I'm just, the flex is actually very much the same. It's just the extra weight just felt a little bit better in transition. And then as I go into wedges, yeah, um, yep. you know, on uh, some, just some nice kind of, my, my 47, I've always tried to use a, a wedge style 47, you know, because I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a better looking club to chip with. Um, again, just a, a Rose Proto and the same in the, the 52. And then a couple of Vokies for now. Um, so it's always good. You know, it's nice to challenge Honma as well to come up with wedges that, you know, for me, you know, Vokie have been fantastic, but I think we've got some good stuff cooking. And uh, the guys have really made me some, some great looking wedges. And sometimes for me, it's just time to actually go to work, to test them. To have, you know, to have to carve, you know, to, to really test clubs properly, you know, it does take time. Yeah, it's measuring. I think I do use TrackMan a lot. I want to see confirmation of what I, my, what my eyes are seeing. But um, I, uh, spin rates is the most important thing. And you know, with wedges, it's the bounce. And I think if you do have anything custom with a wedge, it's very hard to replicate it. So I keep challenging them to sort of make one perfect that I don't have to then take it to the grinding wheel and, and get some special, you know, some special work done to yeah. it. 
um, because I might want to use a wedge a month. And if you've got to keep finding someone to grind it just perfectly, that's, that's actually a hassle. <laughs> so um, yeah, we're, we're working very hard on the wedges. I'll just fly to the putter really quickly because it, it worked well for me this year. I, I used the Axis one, which was, you know, it's, it's a very different looking putter, very funky. As you can see, it's got like a kind of a wicked neck on it. But the reason is, is that basically the, uh, the shaft intersects right through the sweet spot here. So it's perfectly balanced. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think it just makes my stroke feel much more smooth. And uh, you know that's performed really well. I've putted, putted it great this year. But a uh, driver, I have a 300 number, carry, um, and that's always sort of 70 degrees, no wind. That that that's the number for that. Three woods pretty hot. Hit this one, you know, 275 in the air. Five woods about 250 in the air. Uh, we, we're in the, we're in the 235s with the three iron, the 220s with the four iron, the 210s with the five, the 195s with the six, uh, 181, 182 with the seven. Um, High 160s, 170 with the eight. Um, where are we with the nine? Nine's about 153. Uh, wedge is 140, really. So I kind of feel like there's a two or three yard comfort zone there. If I, if I make a decent swing, I'm always going to land it within, within two or three yards, shot after shot after shot. You know, So let's say with the seven nine, it's going to be between 179 and 183. Yeah. Just you know, pretty much all the time. I'm very comfortable with the move. I think the irons have just been perfect. The driver's been surprisingly great because that was the one area. You know, you, you move from TaylorMade, you think the driver, they're known for their drivers. Driver's been probably the most exciting club for me. Um, and, you know, like picked up three or four mile an hour ball speed very, very quickly with it. That was cool. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I, I knew that the irons would be great. They didn't have a driver at the time that I could really test and that I knew what was coming and the technology they had in the pipeline. So. From that point of view, like you know, I put a lot of trust in it. Yeah. Um, for me, I've really bought into the the Jap, you know, the master craftsmen in Sakata, the guys that are there making clubs by hand. You know, it's a company with 60 years of rich club making history. Um, because in you know the UK and, and the US, they're not as well known. People think it's a it's a new company and some startup from you know from Asia. But it's you know it's a it's a huge brand over there and, and dominates in in many categories. So I had a lot of trust in it, and, uh, but I'm disappointed the way I've played this year. And that's kind of me, you know, I haven't, just through the way life has been in some ways and, and certain, you know, extenuating circumstances here and there, I haven't sort of been able to find those three or four weeks where I've had these training camps with my team. And I think it caught up with me a little bit towards the end of the year and scheduling I didn't quite get right this year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a really good off season and some, you know, um, yeah, just some good hard work and then come out and have a really great year next year. No, they do. I, I've seen some graphics of the new line, and um, I think that you know the, the, the new line of drivers is going to push the envelope even more. Um, I think what Homer have done for me, there's a lot of technology that's hidden in their clubs because they they, they want it to look very classic. Um, but I'm excited about what's coming, and I think for for you guys, for the for the general consumer, there's some really really cool stuff coming. Stuff that's very easy to hit, not necessarily blades, and you know it's stuff for the whole market. And uh, yeah, I think everyone have a good time trying it. I just hope, you know, I think on demo days, I've been hearing that it's performing really, really well. I think people just got to kind of get behind the brand, you know, because it's new. So there you go. Justin Rose talking about the clubs in his bag. Anything that's stuck out for you there? Yeah, I like the fact that he has a like a nice pinched toe on his blades. I was there that day when we recorded that. So that was at Fox Hills on the Wentworth week. Yep. So yeah, it was really good to meet Justin, see all his clubs. He was allowing us to take them out of the bag, take pictures and whatnot. And um, didn't try they and, are didn't try and hide any down your trouser leg, did you? They are quite possibly the sexiest clubs I've <laughs> ever seen. Those rose protos. Oh dear. I don't know how he hits. Well, obviously he's a great golfer, but okay. if you thin one of those, it's going to hurt your fingers. <laughs> I don't think he does that very often, does he? Um, you playing rose. Had a big chance to win at the at the weekend, didn't he? At Italian Open, he was well set after the first two rounds. Then shot seventy eight on Saturday, and then shot what sixty four on the Sunday. Yeah, it's just not happened from this. So year, yeah, it? yeah, Rose usually so consistent over four rounds. Just seems to have one bad round a week, doesn't he? So, um, but playing more, I I think he's going to win a big event. I could see him winning a big, big check in the near future. So uh, He lost two world ranking spots this week, so he's now down at seven. I mean, yeah, he's still seventh, though. It's, yeah. very, it's, it's very tight down there, isn't it? Yeah, no, of course. So, um, yeah, yeah I, really... I, I think he's, you know, he's going to have another very... He's going to have a run at a tournament really soon, I think, so... 
But yeah, that was a really interesting interview. So he's obviously got that 10 club deal, which is one of the reasons why he switched. His putter is very quirky. Have a look on the Golf Monthly website if you haven't seen that. Uh, we also recorded another interview with him where he spoke about his technique, mm-hmm. which was fascinating. I'd never heard, never heard um, Rose speak like that. And it just shows you that all these top golfers, as good as they are, they still have their worries. They still have their weaknesses and things that they've got to deal with. So uh, hopefully we'll hear that on the podcast in the coming months. Yep. And um, yeah, look out for that. Absolutely. Um, and this week, so on to this week, there is the CJ Cup um, on the PJ Tour. This is uh, being played in South Korea at Nine Bridges on Jeju Island. It's the start of a lucrative Asian swing with the Zozo Championship in Japan next week and the WGC HSBC Champions the week after. Um, all three tournaments have fields of just 78 players and there's no cut. Ching, ching. Ching, ching. Lots of money about it, yeah? Well, it's just wheelbarrow season, ching, isn't ching. it? Ching, ching. Surely it's ka-ching. Ka-ching, whatever. <laughs> uh, ching, ching's like, uh, I don't know, Santa coming. The sleigh coming down there. No? Anyway. Uh, Brooks Koepka defends the title he won last year to reach the world number one spot. Uh, for the first time, uh, he finished at 20, 21 under to win by four. So that's who was second. Uh, I don't know who. Uh, Gary. Scott Hind. Uh, Gary Woodland. <laughs> Good old Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland, who's in the field as well this week. Um, Justin Thomas is also playing. He won the inaugural CJ Cup two years ago. The prize fund is quite a nice, meaty uh, nine point seven five million dollars. Um, and it's not surprisingly got a big field there. Thomas, there, Fleetwood, Willett, Hatton, Matsuyama, Hovland, Cabello, all the big names who've been playing over in Europe and now over in uh, in Asia. And also, Jordan Spieth makes his first start in two months. And we're going to have a quick chat about Jordan Spieth because there's been a lot of there's a bit of um, chat after we picked him in our American Ryder Cup team. Uh, last, what was it, last week, two weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. Um, and there was a few people saying, why on earth have you picked Jordan Spieth? He's, he's rubbish at golf now. He shouldn't be anywhere near that team. Well, Spieth has got an awful lot of history and he's also got a very good Ryder Cup record. He was the second top scorer at the 2018 Ryder Cup point uh, for America with three points, for example. But he is struggling a bit. He hasn't won since the 2017 Open. Uh, he began 2018 ranked second in the world. He's now 38th. Uh, he missed the Tour Championship this year. Uh, but he's a three-time major winner, an 11-time PGA Tour winner, and he's uh, at age 23. So um, he's not. that's why we think he's still going to make it. But what do you think? What do you think about Spieth? His stats for, this, for 2019 are pretty poor, aren't they? Yeah, uh, as you can see there, we've got these stats written down in front of us. Uh, in terms of strokes gained, he is nowhere in all of them, apart from putting, where he was second. So everybody said that Spieth can't putt anymore, but really it's just his long game that he's lost. His long game was... Uh, maybe his head as well. His long game has always been uh, something which he's battled with. Uh, if you look at his swing, you wouldn't say that it's a swing that you'd coach anyone. Uh, no, not at all, because he's left-handed but plays golf right-handed, yeah. so he has that chicken wing hold-off. But he obviously did reach the world number one position. He was the best iron player in the game at that time, and the best putter. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Jordan Spieth. I know, you, all, all you do is wear underarm stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that you're actually wearing any now, but... Yeah, I think he's an amazing golfer. Like, yeah, and, and, and that's the thing hitter. about golf, he's isn't it? We say we say a look at his swing. It's not the you know the most ideal swing, but it's a swing which worked and has won majors and you know won millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and it's his short game was always incredible, wasn't it? He yeah, he just hole putts from everywhere. Um, I remember that twenty seven. I can't forget that twenty seventeen Open <laughs> where he you know those last few holes where he just hold everything. Poor old Matt Coocher was just left going, I've not played too badly and I've lost by three or four. And say we talk about how amazing John Rahm is. John Rahm's 24. By the time Spieth was 23, he'd won three majors and 11 PGA Tour titles and reached the world number one position, won the FedEx Cup. So it's been a torrid time for him, although be it, he did win over $2 million this year. So yeah, I just can't wait for him to come back. So I really do think he will. I know a lot of people are saying perhaps 
you know, he, that was just a flash in the pan and he's lost it now. I don't actually know what odds he is this week. Any ideas? Uh, I think uh, he was one of the top 10 favourites. He's still yeah, quite high he, up there. That's the thing. He's still going to be well fancied until he actually goes away for a little he while. He does have four top 10s in his last 10 starts yeah. as well. And he was third at the PGA this year. Yeah, he's still, no, he's still a particularly good golfer. He's just got to try and put it in. I mean, I think he's had a few things in his life as well. He got married and things like that. So, um, you know, think sometimes a bit of a change in in circumstances at home can affect the game and maybe he's just still trying to get his work-life balance right and stuff like that. So it's um, it's tricky. So we'll have a look out for him. Two months off is a very long time as well. Oh, I'd love to have two months off, Elliot. I wouldn't have to look at your face ever. So uh, Well, I'm going away for three weeks. Oh. So. Where are you going? Phuket in Thailand. Yeah, exactly. You don't, I mean, you go on about it every four seconds, but never mind. Um, I just don't want to get to that day where you're like, oh, what? You're going away tomorrow. You didn't tell me. <laughs> I'm still going to say that just to wind you up. Um, there is another event happening uh, this weekend as well, and it's the Open to France. Wait, Clazza. You didn't really have all your betting tips. And oh, I yes, I didn't. So, this, yes, this. Oh, yes. Sorry, if listeners got a bit confused there, Tom Clark's nickname is Clazza. <laughs> well, yes, well, quite. Um, so, my betting tips for the CJ Cup. Well, you do want to come. You you say your one because I can't say his name. My first betting tip is Sung Jae-im. No, no, don't start with him. From JJ Island. Okay, go on then. Who won on the Korean tour last year? Yes. Won the Rookie of the Year award uh, on the PJ tour this year and on the Corn Ferry tour the year before. He's 22 years old and he's going to be a future world number one, future major future winner. Future world number he one. He is where's amazing. That, where's that come from? Okay, you do. You love some. Bern Wiesberger is going to win two more Rolex events this year and uh, Sung Jae-im is going to be world number one alright uh, hey, I've actually tipped him he's 22 to 1 um, I think he's really good odds Jazz as well Jazz what's his surname Jazz Jana Watananand uh, <laughs> he's had two top fours in his last two starts had a very good PGA Championship this year and but, but more than that he's, the, he's leading the Asian Tour Order of Merit by an absolute mile and if you look at his odds so Sung Jae-im is 22 to 1 how how long do you think Jazz is? Do you know this? Uh, it's 100 or 125. He's it, pretty long. So if anything from above 80, uh, you know, which is long odds, I think, for someone who's a very decent golfer. Also, Jazz and Sung Jae-im are both under the age of 25. So I recently did a post on the 10 best golfers under the age of 25. So if you want to Google that, have a look at the picks. And yeah, both of those are in there. Yeah, so I I don't think I need to I don't think I need to reveal any more of my better tips for CJ Cup because you've already talked about two of them. So No, go on. No, you got you did both. Yeah. Oh, so you did take my advice. Well, no, I looked I looked it up, you know. So uh oh god, you're gonna try if they win now I won't ever hear the end of it. Um so there's others in there. There's two more, which if you want to find out, Google Golf Betting Tips, click on the Golf Monthly uh post and you'll find them out. Are they American? Uh, no. Oh, you have no Americans? No Americans. Interesting. Is that right? Yes. Um, so, the other event is the Open de France. So I put on a French accent there. What do you think of that? Um, oh, it's the French Open. Très bien. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, uh, French Open um, being played at Le Golf National, the... Uh, the return to the place where, of course, you won the Ryder Cup in 2018. And there's, I think, one player from that Ryder Cup playing. Maybe. One, maybe. Maybe. The captain's playing as well. Ah, so one player. Yeah. Uh, and that is the defending champion and who is also the favourite. And that's Alex Noren. Um, so he lost his PJ Tour card this year, so that's why he's not in Korea. Well, uh, well, well. Also, he's def- he's defending his title, and we say we always like people who defend their titles. They should be, and um, I think he's doing the right thing either way. Uh, so, what's the prize pool in the CJ Cup? Nine point seven five million dollars in the French Open. It's a purse is just one point six million euros. So, uh, it's a big difference there. Two uh, years after it was seven million dollars in a Rolex Series event. Yeah, so it's a big loss, but it's still a decent field. It's okay. You know, none of the really, really big names are there, but it's a fun, it's an okay field, I thought. It's the oldest national opens, dated back to 1906. Last year, it says it's here, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Sergio Garcia, Tommy Fleetwood played, where there's not so many big names. Are you looking forward to seeing the Golf National again? Sort of. I'm not going to pay much attention to this event, I don't think. Um, oldest oh, national opening. Why not? Continental Europe, by the way. Well, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think you should... 
I think there's a few reasons why you should because it's a decent golf course. It's a tough golf course. It's usually a good event because the scoring doesn't go go nutty. Also, the CJ Cup, especially for people um, from UK and Ireland, is on very early in the morning. You, you'll be able to catch, catch the last couple of hours or whatever, uh, depending on what time you wake up. But then the European tours, boom. French Open, same t- time difference pretty much. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to there could be some really decent golf to watch. Yeah, of course it will. But uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, Le Golf National was phenomenal last year at the Ryder Cup. One of my favourite Ryder Cups I've ever watched, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's just this event is really sad. One of the oldest National Opens in the world. The prize fund is very small. And next year, I don't even know if it's going to be at Le Golf National. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll wait to say we wait, wait to say it. I think we've got to try and be slightly positive on it, especially after the Ryder Cup. You yeah. would think that France would be booming in terms of golf, which it clearly isn't. Yeah, but it's always tricky, isn't it? It's tricky. And there's a there was a good piece that we actually uh, I shared with you. Actually, the BBC have done about golf courses after they've hosted the Ryder Cup, and now actually a lot of them now are, are no longer on the schedule. So if you look at the Belfry, no longer on there. Celtic Manor is no longer on there. Uh, Glen Eagles isn't on there. You know, there's lots actually which are missing. So, uh, the K Club not on there anymore either. So, um, we'll wait and see. I'm, I'm hopeful on the French Open. But there is, I mean, France is also lucky. He's got lots of actually very good golf courses as well, hasn't it? So, um, yeah, yeah, like uh, golf. D- <laughs> Hardelow Lepins. I'm going to say that in my English accent. I'm very sorry. Uh, that is our course of the day today. If you type in hashtag GM course of the day on Twitter or Instagram, you'll see a good feed of some of the world's greatest golf courses. Well, indeed. I didn't actually know that. That was a good segue. Um, so, who have I tipped this week? Well, I've tipped someone who I don't usually I don't usually do this. I've tipped on for the favourite and the defending champion, Alex Nolan. Alex Noren, even. Uh, he's 12-1. to 1. I've gone for him. I think he's got such a good record around that place. Um, he's had a win there. He's had another top 10 there. He, of course, also hold that monster putt, um, to, which was the last putt of the Ryder Cup, where he, he beat whoever he beat. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, I think. Was it Bryson? Yeah, it might have been, actually. And, um, you know, which really put the icing on the uh, on the cup, as it were. Uh, and I just think he's, you know, 12 to 1 is actually not that bad. So I'm actually putting some money on him to win, not even each way, him to win. Um, wow, bold. I know, bold. That's what I'm all about. Uh, and then the other person I've gone for is someone who's had a good result recently. And he's one of the GM columnists as well, Matthew Southgate. Uh, he's had a fifth and an eleventh there in the past. And from what we saw at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship he's been striking the ball superbly from the tee having a few issues around the around the greens but uh, I think if he puts together another good four rounds I think he's going to be right at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday nice uh, I've got a tip for you as well oh here we go uh, Eduardo Molinari tweeted this week that last week in Italy was uh, his long game got back to its best but he had his worst putting week of his career or something. Mm-hmm. So Le Golf National is a ball strikers golf course. Yep. Molinari is a brilliant player who is due a win, isn't he, really? It's been two years since he won no, the trophy. Think... Hassander, maybe? Yeah, I mean, he's game. he has struggled with his game. He's had injuries and form issues. Um, but yeah, if his long game is in the, as he's good always a a very, as He was, was always a very good putter. And Francesco was always a dodgy putter and turned it round. Yeah. So, um, oh, well, we'll wait and see. Okay, good. Okay. So, now we're moving on to something very exciting, uh, which is your questions answered, which Elliot has told me we've had a bumper load of questions in this week. So, strap yourselves in for some great questions being answered. Here yeah, we go. Uh, thank you guys for all your questions. That was at Golf Monthly on twitter and at gold monthly magazine on facebook we'll start off with james adkin who on twitter at james underscore adkin says what would you recommend as the best warm-up routine for the average club golfer typically arriving 20 to 30 minutes before the monthly medal tea time apart from coffee oh i was gonna say bacon roll no so. you're not probably the best person to answer this. i don't think you are either to be honest with you elliot but uh because you're not a pga pro are you of course but uh i mean warm-up wise you it's plenty of good advice on the Golf Monthly website and from what we usually 
say to people is, you know, have a have a stretch, go and hit, go to the driving range, hit a couple of wedges first, build up through your bag, hit your last shot on the range, the first what will ever be your first shot on the on the first tees. Yeah, that's good. So, Tiger so it, does that. Yeah, yeah. Is so if it's a shot. driver or a three wood, or if it, maybe you start your course starts with a. a, a par three and you want to hit an iron or something you know do that as your last shot and then um yeah make sure you've you have had some good hydration beforehand maybe in the form of a lucas aid maybe in the form of a pint of guinness whatever whatever you fancy and uh yeah go for that i think i think you people know their bodies don't they i mean some people will say, actually, no, I, I need an, a good hour. I'm going to go and hit balls for an hour. Some people go, do you know what? Every time I warm up, I have a shocker. Yeah, James, I've got some uh, experience here to give you oh. from this summer. From you? Yes. Yeah, so I've had a, a very good summer's worth of golf until the last six weeks or so. And what was really working for me was I was just hitting loads of putts from like three or four foot to the same hole. So I wouldn't put any tees down or anything scientific like that. But I would have a hole and I'd hit three or four foot putts from every single angle and just constantly see the ball go in the hole because they're the ones that in your monthly medal will save you shots. Uh, also, with reference to the driving range, that is what completely screwed my game up. I got there quite early before a competition, went on the driving range, hit irons, hitting them all over the place and my confidence went as soon as I was on the course. I'd normally be really confident with my irons and I was suddenly worrying about hitting it miles right or miles left like I was doing on the range. So if you are mentally weak like me, maybe just <laughs> go in the nets and just warm up your swing. But really see the ball go in the hole before you go off in a competition. That is the most mentally weak sentence I've ever heard from someone. Uh, yeah. So what, what, what's the next question? Uh, Dale Houston at Golf Geek 6 says, World Handicap System, positive or negative for golf? I will say it's really positive. I think it's positive as well. The the proof of the pudding is going to be in the tasting. Um, yeah, it's it for your regular club golfers. I think the world handicap system. People are slightly worried about lots of different things. Mainly people having ridiculously high handicaps. I think is the biggest worry. Would you say? Uh, I think it's putting every card in. Yeah. That as well, that as well, maybe. I think it's going to be brilliant because I haven't played in barely any competitions this year because I've been away or whatever. And yeah, I just really like the sound of having a reflective handicap, putting in as many cards as possible. I don't think you need to put every round in. I just think you can do as many as you like. And then it's your best eight out of your last 20 rounds. So I think it should really work nicely. Yeah, as what I was going to say is, I think if yeah, if if you're a normal club golfer, I mean, there's most golf clubs. What's the average handicap? I don't actually know the answer to that question. What was that? Sixteen or something? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think people are still going to be around that. You're still going to have people like that. The chance of you playing someone who's got a really really high handicap is, I think, going to be, you know, not that often. So, I think it should be good. And any system which, I mean, the handicap system has a lot of issues with it. But that's also one of the reasons why golf is such a good sport because everyone can play each other and you can have a good game and you know you just get on with it, don't you? I'd love to see what your handicap would be. If you oh, be quiet about my handicap, okay? Um, but I, you know, I, we've got to be careful. There's lots of people out there who think one thing about the handicap system and how their handicap should be. I can think of a few people in the office that I'm thinking of. And there's other people who think completely different. You know, people think, oh, I should be able to play to my handicap every round. Some say, no, it should be once in a blue moon. You know, anything which tries to make sure that we we have a structure which works, you know, across the world, I think is a good idea. Yeah, so that is coming in to the UK in November next year. Yeah, November. We found out recently, so yeah. it was... Um, Initially, it said 2020, but yeah. it's going to be later in the year. Uh, Next right. question. Graham Neil Lockhart on Facebook. What price is reasonable for a round of golf? I know this depends on where you play. Uh, he played a lovely course, but found £80 was overpriced. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also said he was staying at another course, Carnoustie. It was 20 Sorry, 200 <laughs> He was staying at another course. Carno- it's called Carnoustie. Oh, we might know what that is, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to be anonymous, but I thought, why not? Uh, it was £220 a round, which is way out of his league. He thinks prices should be capped at £50. Thoughts? Uh, I, well, I don't think you can cap. Every golf course is different. So the green fees and everything like that uh, all go towards, obviously, the the upkeep of the course. And if you're staying at places which have big hotels and big clubhouses and stuff like that, it goes towards that as well. And depending on the condition of the course and depending on how many members the course has, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's all got to add up, hasn't it? So I don't think there's any reason you should cap something because these are businesses at the end of the day and we need to make sure that the golf courses stay in business. Uh, now, if you can't afford somewhere or if there's somewhere that you... I think there's, there's places that you want to play and there's places that you can always play. So just look around where you are in your area. There's plenty of decent apps out there now which actually give you daily deals or weekly deals, um, tee-off times, for example, and there's other ones out there. I've just signed up for a newsletter for a Welsh club. So maybe that's a good way of finding yeah, out on cheap green Exactly. Look, look, look out for... Th- look out for alerts and prices i think there's newsletters and uh, email alerts that you can get for that but also if they're staying somewhere as as high end as carnoustie you know if you are flexible and you look at some other um decent website golf breaks your golf travel things like that there's package deals always available for these courses different times of year and you can get a good package where you get a nice stay and usually a reduction in the green fee as well. So um, you would be able to play Carnoustie and stay there and, you know, and it's going to cost you probably less than actually that green fee that you've just quoted. Um, yeah, I played... Just, a- look, just look, out for, look out for offers and be flexible. If you want to play at these really nice courses, you can get on them for a reasonable price, but you've got to, you know, try and be flexible on it. I played a top 100 course earlier this year and I paid £75 for it, which for me is an awful lot of money. And it didn't live up to it, which yeah, I wouldn't say it put a downer on the trip, but yeah. It I know was, you're very money obsessed early, aren't you? Because I, th- I always think, oh, you'll be just thinking about every shot. You'll be one of those guys who go, oh, actually, I have a really bad round, so I get more more shots per pound or something like that. But for me, I'm never going to be able to afford 220 quid to play Carnoustie. And would I really want to pay 100 quid to play it? in the winter when the weather's but, not guaranteed. Yeah, but then that's what I'm saying though. But you, you there'll be stay and play deals where there'll be stay at Carnoustie, have dinner and breakfast and play around the golf there for less than that. Yeah. But what about if you don't want to stay? What well, about Well, hang on. Well, if you're in if you if you're in London, yeah, but I think you've got to, that's what I'm saying, you've got to be flexible. But what about clubs doing two days a year where they enter like or they offer like a ballot where you can play the course for like thirty quid. That'd be quite good, wouldn't it? Um, Just have a visit. I think day. it's up to the it's up to the courses, isn't it? They've if got they've got they are they are businesses, and if they don't have to do that, if there's the re- if that's the green fee for that golf club, um, then there's a reason for that. People are paying it, and if there's demand and the price is fine, then that's it. It's yeah, basic if, basic economics, isn't it? If you are a member and you bring a guest at Carnoustie, the guest rate's probably only 30 quid or something. So just maybe they should yeah, do but one day I know, but that's where they allow people to I know, to but see. there's a member then who's, who's paying a premium each year, you know, supporting that golf course, you know, yeah, of course. all the way through the year and they give them a, a member offer. They shouldn't just give it to, you know, it's up to them whether they want to give that to to the general public as well. Like, these are, um, these are me- private member clubs. They are, businesses they have to make sure they look after themselves and if you most of these places you can get onto you're lucky enough to get on and play you know open venues um but be flexible get on there chat to them ring them up so what's the most you've paid for a green fee then probably not that much but i I, but i say i don't go to i don't go to a golf course well i'm like firstly i luckily i work for golf monthly i don't know if you're aware of that Elliot. um and actually we get a load of uh, invites to some fantastic amazing places um but other than that what i would do i go i go away and st- stay somewhere and get a good stay and play deal which there are loads out there they don't you don't have to also well i would say don't always look at the the top top end places because there's some fantastic places out there um i've stayed recently at barnum broom in suffolk lovely hotel and uh, lovely food and two 
perfectly fine golf courses there. And I had a great time away with my mates. Was so, it Suffolk or Norfolk? Uh, it's near. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't, I'm not sure. It's, well, they're right next to each other. It's, it was very near Norwich, so you know, close by. So uh, uh, and there's loads of those places around, and you know, check them out. Don't don't think. Oh, you know, I haven't heard of that place. Don't know if it's any good. You know, go and check it out because there's some really good golf courses out there, and they they're the ones that need um, need as many people there as possible, need as much support as possible, and uh, where your your green fee will really be appreciated. Yeah, uh, here's Anthony Lander on Facebook asking us if we have a favourite format for golf other than the monthly medal. He said he played greensoms at the weekend and it was great fun. So greensoms is foursomes where you share the ball, but you each hit a tee shot. Yeah, that's and that's a gr- that's a great. I've never thing. played that. I'd love to. Uh, we also going back to my uh, uh, my golf weekend away. The one that we play, which we call it, we call it Texas Scramble. I'm not actually sure if it is. But we play like a Texas Scramble pairs match play uh so yeah it's the same that sounds very interesting yeah so it's in four balls so you use two teams two on each team obviously and you both hit you both hit you then choose the best yeah drive and then you both hit from there you choose the best shot you both hit from there so on and so on until you oh that sounds brilliant and then and it's match play against the other pair and it's uh, it's absolutely awesome fun everyone always comes in going oh we only shot two over and all this stuff Uh, uh, but that's you know especially if you've got some maybe weaker golfers as well because then they completely forget about the bad shots and drives usually you have to I think we usually say each person's going to have six drives I think or something like that uh, but that's really good fun, and you, it's also pretty quick to get round. Um, and yeah, it gets a little bit tactical towards the end if you've got to take some more drives of someone and stuff like that. But uh, usually, it's pretty close matches and good fun. Actually. I once shot fifty nine in Texas Scramble. Well, they, well, there you go. See, even even hold- people like you who remember that and you go, oh yeah, we shot fifty nine. Yeah, my well, dad held like a thirty footer on the last. Yeah, yeah, good day that was. Yeah, that was no, exactly. Good. They're great, great fun because you actually you usually. You're you're having birdie or par putts every single hole, uh, mainly, and that's for some people that's very rare, isn't it? You know, sometimes some golfers, if you're struggling, you you know, you don't you usually remember if you have a par putt or a birdie putt. So um, yeah, no, it's it's good fun. I've played in three balls mainly for the last ten years, whatever, and the amount of times I've played skins, Mm -hmm. I. I'm so fed up with skins. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever played skins. Where, like, the skin rolls over for, yeah, like, yeah. seven holes, and then the guy who's had... It was a way, you used to play Tiger went... Woods Golf, didn't they? That was one of the... the oh, one, right. One of the things that you used to play, so... But the guy who's had, like, six blobs, which used my dad, will then come and win, like, eight skins with a par with a shot. <laughs> that's good fun. And then what was the other one that you were talking about, the bogey competition? Oh, Remember? yeah, that's good, the bogey competition. Were you actually playing the course? Yeah, another good one is American Stableford, I think, or Six Points where there's six points and offer on each hole, if you know that. Yep. That's a three-ball-only game. Uh, the snake's also good, where whoever has a three-putt gets a snake, and then whoever has a snake, uh, by the time you get to the bar, has to get the first round. And snacks. Good. I don't know that one. I've never heard that one. Um, yeah, there's loads out there. That's the thing about golf. There's great ways of doing it. And if you're playing a lot of golf and you're getting a bit... Um, bit bored by just doing stable points or whatever it is um you know try one of these try a couple of these things get a four ball to do it because they are good they are a good laugh aren't they yeah we always play bits in the golf monthly days as well yep. and uh, so what's a bit tell people what they what a bit is um we do sandy par as a bit yeah a ferret which is a chip in a hold a shot from hold from off the green, yeah. That so it doesn't have to be putt. a chip in. It could be a, a it could be a hole in one. Yeah, nearest to pin on every par three, but you have to par it or better. Yep. If you three putt for bogey, you lose it and it rolls over. Is Bird, yeah, birdie's a bit. An eagle's a double bit. Yeah. Uh, is that one of them? Possibly, but what you find is nearer the end of the round, if you've only got like eighteen points, you just start aiming for bunkers to try and yeah. make sandy pars, which and it, is yeah. quite fun. And it each keeps you interesting. Yeah, each bit can. Well, it's up to you what your price is, but they can be a pound, for example. And then if someone, the people that you've come in with, all come in with uh, 12 bits and you've come in with none, it can get quite expensive, to yes, say the um, least. Rob Smith, at Rob Golf Beer on Twitter, he's played over a thousand golf courses. 
was at Lytham with us last year <laughs> and he forked out 65 quid on the first day. <laughs> just completely owned him there. I think I had two birdies that day, so it was a very bad, very bad. And also, oh, that's one thing. If Depending on your handicap, we sometimes double up the bit. So if your oh, handicap's, handicap's over 15 you get, and you get a bit, it actually counts as two, which is me. So, And if your handicap is seven or above, which are good players, you get 1.5 bits yeah, per bit. I don't think we should fair. do that. Never mind. Um, any other questions? Maybe yeah. one more? Yeah, Craig Cochran. I hope I got your name right there. Hi, Craig. Um, who's a top fan on Facebook, says, should only members of golf clubs be allowed official competition handicaps? Yes. I think that's one of the main benefits of they are, being a member of a they golf are, club. They are, aren't they? Yeah, that's what you're saying. So, so I, don't, I don't know what the question is. Is it just, is it just a statement? No, I think he's saying, should uh, like paying players also be allowed official handicaps? I'm going to say I think they should. So you would like to have well, an official handicap yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's things there's lots of people out there who play lots of golf but actually aren't members of a golf club and then and then that doesn't help with the handicap situation which I was talking about earlier because suddenly you've got people who are saying, Oh well, although I've played actually I I might not be a member of a golf club, but I could play more rounds of golf than you in in a year and you have a membership uh, you have a handicap and I don't have a handicap it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that so I'd, I'd like a, a more um, I know that the the clubs are the people that run run the actual system and everything like that so I completely understand how, why that's been certainly in the past but especially with the internet and so much technology out there I don't know why they can't be a, an easily centralised um online portal where actually lots of other people can can get handicaps i know it's up for abuse and stuff like that but actually for the people who actually just want it i don't think there's actually a that big a problem nice point but yeah I thanks thanks dis- i disagree with you oh that's 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 fine but you are you're a member of a golf club so yeah uh, that's just one of the main benefits. Uh, also, things it's an awfully expensive benefit, isn't it? If you want a handicap, you've got to fork out being a member of a golf club, and it's awfully expensive. Well, that's not the only thing you pay for. No, exactly. But it's 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 a it's one thing though. You just said it was yeah. the main. One of the, you just said it was the main reason. I know it's not that exactly. It's not the, the only thing. Um, and also, uh, playing in competitions is a complete different ball game to just playing society golf and just playing pay and play golf, twilights or whatever. Absolutely. So that's where you really get your handicap, like a reflect. But we've point. just said with the world handicap system, every card. Yeah, that I know. I was thinking that. So that does contradict that a little bit. Yeah. So it, it no, it's it's tricky. So um, it'll be interesting how the world handicap system goes and how many people actually do put all their cards in because they won't. Um, and yeah, we'll wait and see, won't we? But um, I personally think that it shouldn't be a. a at the moment, there's a monetary barrier, another man- monetary barrier, and I think we should be trying to get as many people into golf as possible, and people should be given a handicap if they want one, because it's a sp- the sport. No one owns that. Um, and, yeah, it, if we've seen through people having good handicaps all being worked out the same way usually makes it a better sport, doesn't it? Yeah, it must be frustrating because you must talk to people, I don't know, once a year or something, who says to you, oh, you play golf, what's your handicap? And you just have to say, I don't know, 18? Well, that's what you do. You have to say a number, don't you? Yeah. That's that's what the handicap is. But yeah, and my brother's a member of a golf club. What's your brother off? He, what is he off at the moment? 14, I think? He's a far better golfer than you. (laughs) He's a better golfer than me, but... He's um yeah, but he's he's golf club, very good golf club, very social golf club, and Rumford Golf Club, Rumford Golf Club, who yeah. um who who gave us a shout out last time I mentioned them, so I'll give them another, let's give them another shout out now, haven't I? Yeah, so, I'll have to play there one day. Yeah, we'll get that sorted. It's quite tight in places, but not too long, so it should sort you. It's me just saying that you don't hit the ball very far. Well, I do. So well, there you go. Anyway, we'll continue that argument next week. Thanks for listening once again. Please do rate and review us on iTunes if that's where you listen. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your usual podcast provider. Follow us on social media at Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook and at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, sorry. One thing to say. Hello, Elliot. Um, I just remembered Kiradek Afi Barnrat's new watch is 
phenomenal and there's an article going up soon on the website so google that or go on the golf monthly website absolutely it is an amazing watch and there's only nine of them made in the world and it and yeah and it has a uh, a laser engraved kind of outline of the man himself so you need to check it out if you can well well remembered um until next week we'll we'll have more chat about uh, professional golf tournaments and maybe the golfers watches uh we'll we'll chat then won't we Elliot? yeah i look forward to it indeed catch you later